Hey, you're listening to the Quarry Podcast. Get ready to be encouraged and uplifted with us today. Go ahead and chain the doors and lock them real quick. Uh, ain't nobody getting out. <laughs> no, it's for real. Um, I'd like to say a few thank yous real quick. It's not the part of the service where you feel obligated to say thank you. You say thank you because you mean it. I want to thank my pastors. Please stand to your feet. I want to thank my pastors, Pastor Jordan, Pastor Morgan. You too, Natalie. You're in on this. My pastors have transformed my life. I've been at a church in Rock for 13 years. I am not the same person. I don't even recognize the same person. I used to be a goof. You guys helped me. You guys have helped transform me. The Jacobs family, Miss Jess Lee. I used to want to be in the next big Christian music band, and Miss Jess Lee said, no, you just need to worship. <laughs> and then she sent me all these anointed worship leaders, and that taught me how to flow in the Spirit, taught me how to sing, and return that gift to God of worship. And for Dr. Jacobs, for all the times that you've laid hands on me, for deliverance, for impartations, <clears throat> my life is flourishing because I'm rightly connected. It, might not, it, it, would, it would look different if I was somewhere else. This is not the part where we, well, I, I got I to gotta say thank you. I got to honor. No, I, lo I love honor. You should love honor. And you should honor the people that are over you. You should honor the people that God has put over you to, to shepherd you, to, to mentor you. Um, and this last thing, Pastor Morgan has uh, her and Miss Yolanda Owens and a team. But I'm just talking about them right now. This camp has gone so well. The setup, the services, the being on time, every part of it has, has come up. The level of excellence has come up higher. And I think you guys could notice that. It didn't happen without them. Pastor Morgan, thank you. The fruit, the fruit that comes as a result, that's your fruit. It's, yeah, God gets the glory. That's the harvest. But this is your fruit. All your hard work. Pastor Jordan, all your effort, all, all, the, all the prayers that went into it, all the planning. Thank you, guys. Do you guys care? Yeah. Are you thankful? Come on, let's give it up for them. Thank you. You can be seated. I like to, uh, I think my kind of my flow is I teach a little bit and I sing a little bit. So thank you, Daryl. I like having some music behind me. Daryl's one of the best keys players I know. I tell him all the time. I tell them all the time, I love getting to play and sing with Daryl. So uh, last year I taught on, there is still a standard. And there is still a standard. It didn't, we didn't just teach it and then we went back to our sinful ways. No, there is still a standard. There is still a standard and God's very clear about it. I'm not confused on what it is. We shouldn't be confused. I'm basically teaching part two this year. Basically. But it's focused on one thing. Woo. Did, you, uh, did you wear your steel toe boots today? Nobody did. Your toes are going to hurt. We're stomping on all of them today, including my own. I'll tell you in a second, actually. Dr. Rogan talked about living truly devoted and what that looked like. I want to talk to you about the thing that you need to get rid of. There's, one, there's, there's maybe a few things. There's, I'm focusing on one thing. 
that you need to get rid of in your life to truly live devoted. It's a tool that the enemy has used for forever. It started back in the garden. But we're going to expose it this morning. So uh, let's talk about pornography. And the crowd went wild. Preach it, Caucasian. Say it. Yes, that's what I came to camp for. Let's talk about pornography. Amzie, do we need to talk about this? I'm just going to let you ask yourself that. And you know the, the resounding answer inside that dome piece of yours is yes, 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 yes. Let's talk about pornography. Well, Amzie, let's just talk about faith is the victory. <laughs> let's not. Let's talk, let's talk about this. Because this is, getting on the other side of this will allow you to live that victorious life. Getting rid, rid of these little things that keep tripping you up. No, I ain't got no problem. Liar. So, so my job today as a, as a youth pastor, everyone has a heart, or you're a robot. Um, everyone has a heart, and the soil of your heart is your job. Some, some people have rocky soil. Some people have thorns in that soil. Some people have dry ground. But I'm believing because I prayed and our, and our prayer team prayed Wednesday night that your hearts would be prepared and that we would be scattering seed onto good soil. So when that's, those seeds land and, the, and their water, they get planted and those roots go down deep. We don't want superficial roots that just go an inch and the wind blows and they're gone. No, we want... We want soil that is prepared. And I believe all, all these other ministers that have come before you and just raked up that ground and stirred up that soil, I believe that whatever we say today is going to land on fresh soil. Some soil that's not dry and crusty. It's moist. Anybody like that word moist? I know some people don't like that. Okay, I said it, so let's talk about pornography. Sheesh. I'm going to say some words that are probably like, um, that young people will understand. And some older people are like, what does that word mean? It's okay. I'm just, don't worry about it. I'm just, you know, I'm going to say some words that you guys will understand mainly. Older people are like, what's that word? Let's look up Urban Dictionary real quick. No, don't do that. Um, can I give you some stats? I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to shotgun blast it. I'm just going to hit you with some stats right away. You ready for it? Okay. Just so you know, I'm just laying some groundwork here. There's some hope coming. I promise. There's a reason we locked the door. Nobody getting out. All right. Let's look at some statistics of pornography. This isn't world of the world. This is of the church. It's like, yeah, those sinners. No, no, we're talking about inside this, this room. Okay. Let's look at some statistics. 64% of Christian men. And, and here's another thing real quick. When I said it, maybe some of you girls are like, yeah, all you boys looking at pornography. It's not actually that way. It's guys and girls. That number for how many young women and, and women have looked at it has actually increased greatly. And the number for, for men has increased greatly. So don't be thinking, well, I'm excluded from this. Cool. Yeah. All you boys are not living right. No, it's not that way. Let's include ourselves in this. 64% of Christian men. And 15% of Christian women say they watch porn at least once a month in the church. 41% of practicing Christian boys, 13 to 24, use porn at least once a month. 
teens and young adults, Pastor Jordan said this the other day, teens and young adults believe that not recycling, not recycling is worse than viewing pornography. Are you kidding me? Wow. It's going to be quiet for a second. That's okay. 55% of adults, 25 and older, believe porn is wrong. So half of, half, I'm not going to say this room, but I'm just going to use this room for example. Half of you think it's wrong. 51% of male students and 32% of female students first viewed pornography before their teenage years. And I'd say that's very true for the majority of people in here. And I, I appreciate it, leaders, if you'd be honest tonight too. This is not, this message is for the youth. Leaders, I'd appreciate it if you'd be honest today too. This summer camp is not for, it's for the youth. Hey, I get, I get all kinds of stuff while I'm here. I get delivered when I'm here. I get set free. I get saved again. I get baptized again. On average, the first exposure to pornography among men is 12 years old. That was me. 71% of teens hide online behavior from their parents. I'm a youth pastor. I know this stuff. I talk to students all the time. I was just in a counseling meeting with someone the other day. I know this stuff. Hey, I can't, I can't, I can't stop. I don't know what it is. I tried. I do great for a day and a half, and then I'm back, back at it. I do a great for a week, and then I'm back at it. It is an issue. It's not like, oh, no, our students don't have this. My, my, uh, he's a pastor's kid. He's not excluded. He's a human being. 58% of teens stumble across pornography, and that's the thing. A lot of us aren't looking. Well, some of us are. A lot of us are not looking for it. It's just so in our faces now because of this within five seconds I could see anything that I want to see on this anything every type every genre anything I want to see I could find it right there within five seconds not with this internet connection out here but um, <laughs> pornography creates unrealistic unrealistic expectations about sex sex is a good thing God made it in the right context of you having a ring on your finger and having a husband or a wife Outside of that, it's not, it's not right. It's not dirty. It's not gross. It's not disgusting. It's not taboo. It's a great thing, but in the right context. It'll hurt you when it's not the right time. It'll bless you when it's the right time. So those are, those are some statistics. Alarming, I know. Alarming. No, those can't be in the church. That's got to be in the world. No, that's in the church. There's a, um, there's a website, uh, an app you can get, a company called Covenant Eyes. That's a Christian organization. They have found these statistics. They have interviewed people and found these out. I've noticed, though, a lot of times that some people are more worried about creasing your J's than living consecrated to God. Some people are more worried about, did I get a crease in my shoe? Did I drip some barbecue sauce in my shoe? Or did I live holy today? Some people are more worried about that. Some people are more worried about how much riz you got. Everybody's like, what? Some people are like, Riz? How do you, how do you spell that? Um, <laughs> how much Riz? Oh, man, he's so Rizzy. Yeah, but he looked at pornography. Oh, that's not a big deal. Hmm. Let's be devoted to the right things. Okay, I introduced the topic. Every, okay, all the, so all the people that have been holding your breath since I started, go, <sighs> okay. Oh, we can do this, Lord. All right, we okay? <laughs> I want to talk to you about the cycle that, uh, that we can get into. It's not a good cycle. And I think that there's a lot of people in this room today 
that have fallen into this cycle. Let's look at it. It starts with, and you, I want you to write this down because I want you to get on the other side of this and I want you to beat this through the help of the Holy Spirit. It starts with a preview or a prevision. It's just a glance. It's just a little look. It's just a, I saw her and then I saw her again. I've always thought of it this way. Can't always help what you see. I've used this example with our young people before. I'm driving down the street and there's a girl jogging. And I'm like, why is that even workout gear? Like, what the heck? Um, and I see it. And I couldn't help that I see it. I'm driving, I look over. But it's that second look. Why? What was, what, what, why did, what was it about that that you wanted to look again? Something rose up in you. And it's not just, okay, well, let's switch it. A girl's driving a car and she sees a guy running with his shirt off. It's that second look. What was, what was that for? What were you doing here when you saw that? Were you imagining the rest of it off? Were you imagining, hmm, what does that look like? So it starts with a preview or a prevision. It's just looking at her Instagram. It's just, she just, I know she just got back from Florida. I'm just, you know, I just wanted to see what the beach looked like. Oh, I knew it was an all-guys trip, girls. So I, I just wanted to see, you know, what color shorts they were wearing on the beach. Right, sure. But sometimes a preview or a prevision, sometimes you stumble across those things. Sometimes it just happens. Do not click on the Explore page on any app. Especially not on Snapchat. Okay. Preview, prevision. Sometimes it's just a glance, but it's a double take. So what happens when you get a, a, a taste of, hmm, what does that look like? Huh. Then it moves to Permission. So you had a preview or a prevision. Now it moves to permission. So, huh, you know, <laughs> this isn't so bad. You know, this isn't, this isn't the worst thing ever, right? Like, you know, it's not quite sin, right? Like, all my friends do it. All my friends view this. It's not terrible. Maybe you're not looking up pornography yet, but you're looking up basically pornography. It's highly inappropriate content. Well, they're not naked. So you give yourself permission. You begin to say, this, this isn't so bad. Check out Proverbs 14, 12 out of the Passion. It says, you can rationalize it all you want and justify the path of error <laughs> that you have chosen. But you'll find out in the end that you took the road of destruction. So when it moves to permission, you start thinking, I mean, is it that bad? Is smoking weed that bad? You know, it's, I only had one beer. I only looked up one thing. I just looked at it for a second, and I'm done. No, 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 I didn't, I didn't do anything. I just looked at it for a second. Now it's stuck here. And then when it's stuck here, it slowly moves down to here. And now it's in here. So it goes from a preview to prevision, And then you move into permission. So, you know, it's not so bad. Then it moves into, yes, provision. Now you start scheduling sin. I know, I 100% know that I am on fire right now. I don't even need a preach it Caucasian. I don't need it. That's for my neighbor. That's for me. Say it again. I don't even need it. I already know I'm right. Because I'm a human being that lives in this body. And I know where I was when I was your all's age. 
And I'm not saying there's nobody, there's nobody in here that's, uh, I'm not saying, oh, y'all are living wrong. Listen, I'm just saying, let's come up higher. There's nobody in here, including God, that's mad at you for what you have done or what you saw or what you were thinking about even last night when you were laying in your room or when you were in the shower and what you were thinking about right before you came to service today. Trust me, I know exactly what I'm talking about. So you move into to provision. You start scheduling sin. And all of a sudden, the Sunday church barbecue rolls around. And you're not there. Everybody's like, where's he at? Where'd she go? Hmm. Maybe because you knew mom and dad were going to be gone and little sister was going to be gone and you could stay home and schedule sin. Oh, it's Sunday morning. Where were, hey, where were you at? Oh, I was, I was sick. Wednesday night youth, where were you? Yeah, I didn't feel great. Oh, well, who was home with you? Nobody. Hmm. A preview or a prevision leads, leads to permission and then you start making provision. You start scheduling this stuff. You start saying, hey, guys, I can't make it to the Tuesday night hangout. Well, why not? I'm busy. Busy with what? But the Bible tells us to make no provision. Romans 13, 14, now the Amplified says this. But clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision. It says, nor even think about gratifying the flesh in regard to its improper desires. So God kind of knew in advance that you would try to justify it, that you would try to schedule it, that you would say, hey guys, love you, but I got something, I got to do something. I can't make it tonight. I can't even show up to serve at church on Sunday. I, you know, I'm sick, kind of tired. Like, why are you tired? Well, I was up to three. What were you doing at three? I already know I'm right. my front wall you guys helping me this morning all right I appreciate it I appreciate it so then when you move from provision here's here's a really really bad area that you move into next it's perversion I'm not saying anybody's there perversion doesn't happen overnight perversion is prolonged exposure to something keep making excuses for it. and you keep scheduling this thing and you keep going down that path and you keep getting hands laid on you and then you turn around and go do the same stinking thing again trust me I've been there and I've done that guys but it moves into perversion and perversion is a bad place to be and listen you don't ever want to get there you know when you get an alert to your email for the sex offender that moved into your neighborhood Guess what they went through? All those steps. Started with a preview. Went all the way down to now perversion. To where what they saw affected them so much that it didn't satisfy them anymore. And now I need something different. And you get into all kinds of weirdness from there. And I'm telling, Amy, why are we talking about this at summer camp? Because if you stop this now, that will not be you in the future then. If you can fix this now, if you can ask God for help, if you can get hands laid on you and be delivered of that thing, you can save yourself from a lifetime of shame and embarrassment. Can God help you then? Yes. But do you want to put God in that position to have to help you then? No. We don't want to do that. But it's, that's, that's the end result. That's the end result. Well, you know, I, I, I looked at uh, a lot of pornography growing up, and, uh, you know, it just started to not satisfy me. So then I, well, I was kind of like, well, you know, I'm kind of interested in 
a guy with another guy. So now, now I'm kind of looking at that. And then now I'm, you know, I'm a girl and I'm kind of looking at girls with girls. And so, um, and then, you know, now I'm kind of bored with that. What's next? I'm not going to go down that path of what's next. I think we could probably fill in the blank. I want to keep it as PG as I can. If this was like college age students, I would go R-rated and just say the things that I want to say right now. But I'm, I'm going to hold back just a little bit. I know there's a, a big age range in here. But I have, I have a feeling that uh, one reason, I'm pretty convinced that, just one, one reason why there's so much gender identity issues, so many reasons why young people say, I think I like girls, or a guy says, I think I like guys, is because you've gone down that path. And it started when you were eight. Something you were exposed to wasn't even your fault. But then no one said, what are you thinking about right now? How's your thought life? No one sat you down and did that because they didn't know, maybe. And then you start moving down that path and you get into perversion. You don't just wake up one day and say, I think, I think I like the same sex. I'm saying this is one reason. It's not the reason. But you move down that path until you get into perversion to say, I think I like that now. No, it's because you unlocked something that was never intended to be there. I think that's one issue. I've seen it. Let's look at James 1, 14 through 15. Out of the NLT. It says, temptation comes from our own desires. Not necessarily, it's not, he didn't say what the enemy made you do. Personal responsibility. It says, temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful action, and when sin is allowed to grow, gives birth to death. Now, it doesn't mean that you are going to physically die, but what about your calling? What about what God put you on earth, or on earth to do and gifted you to do? Death to that. It doesn't mean that you might say, well, Amzie, I feel like I'm there now. Well, that's fine. There's help for you. And we're going to pray for some people in just a minute. And we're going we're gonna to help change that. And you're going to be different. And then faith will be the victory. And then I can preach on that next, next year. <laughs> But it says it gives birth to death, death to your calling, your purpose, your future, your passions, those gifts that God gave you. So these, these previsions, these previews will lead to permission and then to provision, and then you step into perversion. Okay, ready for the good part? There's hope. <laughs> There's hope. There is hope. I know some of you came here believing that God would deliver you of that, and, and it's going to happen. We're, we're about to do this. But there is hope. And I want to walk you through just a couple steps. You might probably ask me, like, yes, that's where I'm at. So what do I do? What can I do? Number one, this is my favorite, confess. Hey, Hoss, could you come real quick? Our drummer, cage drummer, time to let the birds fly. Come on, Hoss. So number one, confess. This is who I talk to. You remember that time in my driveway? Sitting on those Adirondack chairs? When I told you everything? This is who I talk to. Guess what I wasn't met with? I was not met with shame. I wasn't met with, you know better. I was met with grace. 
But the enemy had told me, the moment you tell somebody, they're gone out of your life. Don't expect them to stick around. You dirty. You got to confess. You got to pick one person. I talked to Pastor Jordan. I talked to Dr. Jacobs. I talked to Jim Ziegler. Multiple people. I need, I need multiple people to keep me accountable in my life. You can't handle it by yourself. Quit thinking that you can. Stay here with me. I'll beat it. I'll show you this time. I can do better. I'm stronger. I'm going to do it. Confess. Talk to somebody about it. Let someone know about the business in your life. Let someone know what you've been doing. Let someone know that you've been acting sus. That's that word I was telling you about. Sus? <laughs> kind of sus, bro. You need somebody that knows you. Some of you, for the first time ever, today, are going to let someone in on your secrets. Some of you, for the first time ever, are going to say, I need to talk to you about something. Let me tell you this. Don't pick someone on the same level as you. Pick someone that you look up to, at least a few years older. Now, how, how old are you? 32. I'm 34. He's the example. He's the, he's the, um, I, what's the word for it? Thank you. He's the exception to the rule. Because Haas has lived devoted. Are you perfect? No, no, he's not perfect, but he's lived devoted. And he's lived set apart. And I notice that, and I take notice about that. And I pump Haas up all the time. <laughs> but go to someone that's not going to be like, hey, man, that's great. I'm with you. Yeah, we're in the same boat, dude. Let's stay here. Get your paddle, I'll get mine, we'll get going. Pick someone that says, that says, hey, I'm not mad at you, but let's do better. Let's move on. Can I pray deliverance over you? Can we, can we get healed of this thing right now? Let me send you a scripture. Let me send you five, but take one and run wild with it. You need one person. Some of you are living frustrated in your life. I'm talking to like the 19, 20, 21 to 23 year olds right now. You're wondering why you can't. Why you can't get into what God's called you to do? Well, everyone else is getting promoted behind, around me. Everybody else is getting new cars and new job promotions. And, you know, pastor asked so-and-so to preach. Why didn't he ask me? Who have you told? Who have you confessed to? Have you shined a light on that dark thing in your life yet? Pastor Jamin Chavez said, you are only as healthy as you are honest. I believe that. I am the healthiest version of me that I've seen when I opened up and when I told somebody. I've seen exponential growth in my life as a result. When I was hiding, I wasn't healthy. I know I'm preaching to somebody, somebodies. Or Amzy, where in, where in scripture do I need to confess? I'm glad you asked. James 5, 16, now the Amplified. It says, therefore, confess your sins to one another, your false steps, your offenses, and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man or a believer is able to accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. It is dynamic and can have tremendous power. You need to confess. You need to tell the whole truth. Don't tell them the partial truth. Guys, I clicked on her Instagram the other day and she was in a bikini. No, what'd you really do? What'd you really look at? Where did you go after that and what did you do after that? Tell the whole truth. 
Tell the whole truth. Tell it all. Be honest. We should be telling God this stuff too. He should be the first one to know because he already knows. And then after, after you've confessed, tell that person, hey, please, please check up on me. Text me once a week. Text me once a month and say, how's that little project going that we're working on? I'm serious, guys. Williams, oh, man, what if it's embarrassing after that? Get over it. You could either live a life of shame or a life of freedom. You choose. You choose. Choose your level of freedom. How free you want to be? Confess. Tell the whole thing. Tell it all. But pick someone that can help you. You know, a sick person can't help another sick person. Pick someone that can help you. And Hoss, you help me. I just want to say that in front of everybody. In case anybody was wondering, you help me. I know that you pray for me, and I appreciate that. I know that when I open up to you, uh, you're not just like, oh, that kind of, sorry. You'll blow my phone up with scriptures like you have at 5.30 in the morning, and I love it. Get your friend that does that. You know why I like that? Because that means he's waking up and reading his Bible, and he's devoted to God. Not like, hey, brother, it'll, it'll be all right. Yeah, that's awesome. Anybody can do that. No, do something that has some substance to it. I appreciate you. You can... Can, give it up for Haas. I'm going to have him be seated. Everyone needs a guy like him. And Pastor Jordan's done the same thing with me. He's one of the biggest encouragers of my life. Amen. All right, you ready for the next one? This is really important. They're, they all are. But, and while I'm talking about this, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit this. Actually ask him. You don't have to say it. Holy Spirit, you don't have to stand up and shout it. But number two, ask the Holy Spirit to show you the root. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you the root, because there's always a root. And to get over this, we need to deal with the root. Pornography is heated, or excuse me, is rooted in unhealed pain. There's a root issue that has left you with a void. But you keep allowing to, pornography to fill that thing. But what you need is Jesus. <laughs> Can I share with you what my root was? When I was eight, I was in a basement. I saw an older boy do something with a girl right in front of me. I'm eight years old. Homeschool. That makes it worse. <laughs> I was eight. I was in a basement. I saw a guy that was a little bit older than me do something with a girl. They were touching each other inappropriately, and I did not know what was going on never seen that. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what to do with it. I'm just like, what is going on? A lot of you I've, I've talked to and prayer lines up here and you've shared with me and when service ended, you shared with me. A lot of you, stuff like that is why you had to respond to a line like that because it happened years ago. And it wasn't fair that it happened to you, but it happened to you. You know, Song of Songs 8.4 says, do not wake in love until it's time. So at eight years old, I felt something. I'm like, what is this? I didn't know what to do with it. So, so, so time went by, and sometimes I didn't think about it. I just, sometimes I even forgot. But then I started noticing. Because maybe, maybe you don't remember it up here, but it gets down in you. All of a sudden, it's like, why do I have these sexual urges? What is this from? We're talking about dealing with the root. Not just like, I had, a, I, had a, I had a long week. Just feel like doing something. Now, what's the root of it? So I started having these 
sexual urges, and I'm like, you know, why, why am I having these? Like, I don't, I don't even understand what this is. Another reason, my, part of my root was uh, my dad put a lot of pressure on me as a young person to be perfect. I had nine siblings, and um, it seemed like the older we got, everything started to get really chaotic all of a sudden. Everything was out of control all the time. You never really had much peace, and you could never really predict what the next day was going to be like. So I felt like so much was out of my control that I just wanted to do something that felt like I was in control. I mean, I remember the first time I ever heard the word sex was when I was 12. Now, that's like, oh, 12? Wow, I heard that when I was five. Like, nowadays, it's different. People are hearing, hearing that stuff and being exposed at a much earlier age. And then a, a kid brought some pictures to school. He's like, yeah, my dad's got a footlocker at the end of his bed full of these magazines. And I ripped out a bunch of pictures and brought them to school. And I was like, I, I, I'd never seen this before. I get pa- it's, it gets passed to me, and I'm just like, I, had a, a, I remember, I mean, you don't forget this stuff. I had a pair of cargo shorts on with a pocket. And I was like, oh, okay, uh, fold, 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 stick in my pocket. I'm like, wow, what is this? Um, this is awkward. So I go to my desk, and I stick it in my desk. And uh, I just left it there. And, and then all of a sudden, it gets out that um, we get called down to the principal's office that uh, we had this stuff, and we got in trouble. And my mom gets called to school, and she's crying. And she's like, what would you do? And I go in the principal's office, and he's sitting there. And uh, he, I walk in, and he goes, not this book, but he goes, uh, does this look familiar? And I about fell out. Not from the spirit, a different spirit, but I, uh, I about fell out. And I was just like, I, I, I didn't do that. So, so, so I was exposed to something at school, and I know a whole lot of you have your friends say, hey, dude, look, 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 look at this. Look at this. Hey, look how hilarious it is. Look at this meme. Like, bro, hey, whoa, dude, those, why are those people naked? Stop. Oh, come on. I know you, I know you know. All right, from here on out, if you know what I'm talking about, I need you to say amen. Thank you. So a kid brought that stuff to school. And then one day, so I used to ride my bike all the time down the street in the country, go down to this creek called Big Creek. It was a great time. But one day, just enjoying my ride, I'm just like this. Look over and said, what's that? Go back around and look at it. Someone threw a book away. Like, oh, isn't it? What is this? A full magazine of all that nastiness. So I was like, uh, what do I do with this? So I took it and just threw it at this spot. And then, okay, I got to get away from that. Okay, I feel better now. And all of a sudden I get home, it's like, hmm. All right, get back on that bike real quick. Let's go down there. I just want to take another look real quick. All right, all right, I saw it. All right, going back home. Next day, hey, Mom, I'm going to the creek. Next day, Dad, I'll see you later. I went back to it, I went back to it, I went back to it, I went back to it. Eventually it rained so many times that you couldn't see what was on the pages anymore. Is it too honest? Okay, just checking. Most, most people, it's not magazines nowadays, it's just this. Oh, like magazine, that's old school, dude. I hope I'm helping somebody in here. So for the next 10 or 15 years, it was just a vicious cycle for me. My parents obviously confronted me about it. I love my dad, I do. But there's nine of us kids, it's kind of hard to keep tabs on everybody. I came home, he was working, he had his glasses on. That was always a bad time to interrupt him. Because you never knew where he was looking when he had his glasses on. And I, I was like, Dad, I uh, got in trouble at school today. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's listening. And he got down on his knee, and he talked to me about it. He said, son, I know you're curious when you're young, but um, squeezed my shoulder. And he said, but if that ever happens again, we're going to the woodshed. I was like, yes, sir. I'm not mad at him, but he never once, nobody ever came to me and said, how's your thought life? Not a single time, and it was nothing but filth. 
Nobody came to me and asked that. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not. I know that now, now that I have kids, I know I'm going to be on the front end of that, on guard, helping my kids. Because I know exposure, can, that stuff can just happen accidentally. So I'm going to be like, how are you doing in your thought life? Dad, you already asked me. How are you doing in your thought life? Have you thought about anything nasty? Please talk to me about it. I'm not mad at you. I just want to talk to you about it. I want to equip you to beat this thing. I want to equip you to walk in victory. And leaders, we need to do that with our young people. Pastors, the same way, we need to do that. Listen. We're living the blessed life. We're walking in our authority. We're walking in a dominion. But there's, there's this other thing, a real issue. We th- sometimes think like, why, is our, why aren't our young people getting this? Because they, they can never get to the place where they can draw close to God anymore. Because they feel so sinful and so dirty. And so they don't draw close to God. So they're always saying, I feel distant from God. I don't know what it is. You need to pray more, dude. You need to pray in the spirit. But that, they've never dealt with the root yet. They've never dealt with that thing. So they just keep going back to it and back to it. So that's, that was the root for me. Some of you girls, it's someone told you that you were too skinny, too fat, too tall, too short. For you guys, maybe, uh, if I talked to some guys, they said I had like super bad acne, severe acne, and it just gave, it made me super insecure. So I just wanted to look at pornography. It made me feel better about it. Some of the guys, you were told you had a big head like me. Not egotistically, but just, you know. Like, like you might have your own gravitational pull. My roommate in college told me that. I threw a pizza crust at his face. Some of you men, young men, it was uh, your dad put too much pressure on you as a young person. Too much responsibility. My dad many times. And I'm not bashing my dad. I hope you know that. I love him. I love him. I've forgiven him. But he would tell me some, he's, many times he said, son, you're the missing link to this family. Like, what? What am I supposed to do? Some of you, a lot of that has been placed on you. And then for some of you, the people that you were counting on to protect you, instead messed with you. They molested you. I know that hit, hits home with some people. People you were counting on to please protect me. Please always protect me. Instead, they did something completely different to you. And there's a reason that you are doing the things that you're doing. But this goes for everybody in this room, no matter what the root. You can't always control what happens to you, but 100% it is in your control on how you respond to it the rest of your life. Don't put that on anybody else. Dad did this to me, so it's his fault. And it's not fixed until he comes back and asks, to, asks me for forgiveness. That day may never come. So what do you do in the meantime? You work on it. You deal with it. You deal with that root. Okay, how, how do you, um, it's important how you respond. How, how do you deal with the root? You speak to it. Let's look at this scripture out of Mark eleven twenty. Talking about speaking to the root. It says, in the morning they passed by the fig tree that Jesus spoke to, and it was completely withered from the roots up. Peter remembered and, and said to him, teacher, talking to Jesus, look, that's the fig tree you cursed. It's now all shriveled up and dead. Jesus replied, let the faith of God be in you. Listen to the truth I speak to you. If someone says to this mountain with great faith and having no doubt, mountain, be lifted up and thrown. We're talking about pornography right now. 
pornography be lifted up and thrown into the midst of the sea and believes that what he says will happen, it will be done. This is the reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask for in prayer. Be convinced that you have received it and it will be yours. So you got to speak to that root. you got to speak to it. Don't, don't just let it sit there. You know it's in your soil. Speak to it. Tell that thing to be lifted up and cast into the sea. Get out of my life. Speak to it. So let's say this together. Say pornography, lust, temptation, pain. I curse you in the name of Jesus. I command you to go and get out of my life. My desire is to live clean. My desire is to live devoted. My desire is to live holy in Jesus' name. You know, you can say those prayers anytime you want to. Listen back to this podcast and write that one down. You can say this stuff anytime you want to. All right, my next point. I'm going to keep moving here. Next point. On what you can do to to fight this and, and to, to have the victory is get delivered and stay delivered. Not no, not no temporary deliverance. Not like, Amzie, I did great, two days, and now it's eight months later and I'm watching everything again. Get delivered and stay delivered. You know, deliverance is an amazing tool that God has lended to us believers to use. It's an amazing tool. It's kind of like when you come to the end of yourself and your, and your own strength, which we shouldn't be doing, and you say, I just can't beat this thing. Deliverance is a powerful tool. Dr. Jacobs has this book, Deliverance, Fact versus Fiction. And this is what he says about deliverance. He's talking about the devil, he says, you can be free from any level of bondage or restriction that he has imposed upon you. Nothing can hold you back or limit you if you really desire to be free. Nothing. For those who will be doers of the word and those who are correctly informed that no weapon, plan, or scheme formed by the devil against you shall prosper. It's out of Isaiah 54, 17. It's, I love this. You can be kept and protected by the power of God through your faith in his word. 1 Peter 1, 5. For those of you who have already been set free, may you begin to set others free so that they may enjoy the same freedom that you have. That's what I'm doing tonight. That's what I'm trying to help you with tonight. I've been set free of this. Let me help set you free through the power of Jesus. Okay, so, so I want to look at deliverance real quick from practical side, spiritual side. All right, I'm going to move quick on this. Ready? Write these down. Don't forget about these. Here's the practical side. Go home, delete those apps. Oh, the fear of missing out. Go home and delete those apps. Go home and unfollow Mrs. Ain't Right. Some of you need to go home and follow, unfollow, excuse me, unfollow all kinds of people. All kinds of people. Uh, yeah, the ones in church too. I like them because they're funny. I like them because they're in my youth group. Go home and delete those ones. Yes, even if they're in your church. <laughs> Text that, uh, that simpy, that real simpy guy, that simp. That's in your phone and say, bye-bye, stupid. We done. Get rid of him. He's like, you like the way I look with my shirt off? No, dude. You're only, the only reason you have six-packs is because you're skinny. That's it. You've done nothing except drink Mountain Dew and play video games. You have, it's the only reason you're skinny. <laughs> you know that snap streak that you got like 684 on? 
with that really sus dude? Break it off. Oh, but we've been doing it for like three years. Break it off, break it off, break it off, break it off, break it off. Here's another really practical thing. I've shared this with a number of students. When you go to bed, leave your phone on the kitchen counter. That'll help you walk in purity so much. Go to your parents' room and say, Mom and Dad, I'm going to leave this in a little basket that you're going to put in the hallway, and I'm just going to put this right here, in this basket right here, and uh, I'm not going to access it. Or have them put it. My wife uh, has a lock on my phone. I can't access anything on my phone, uh, like text messages I can, but I can't do anything through social media or Safari after 11 p.m., and I can't even do anything up, uh, until, up till 7 a.m. in the morning. Uh, I'm, I'm practicing this. I'm doing this with you. So trust somebody and say, don't let me do the thing where I put the code in and say five more minutes. Because then we'll do that five more minutes 25 times and you've spent many hours now. Say, Mom, hey, put, hey Dad, uh, I'm going to leave my phone on the island in the kitchen tonight and I don't want it back. If you see it missing, come to my door and say, boy, you being sus in there? Bring the phone back. Bring it back. Some of you got some bozos in your life. Those friends, you know, those bozos. Get rid of those friends. They're the ones that are like, oh, dude, hey, I know, sorry, I know it's a little bit inappropriate, but look. <laughs> Get rid of those guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> so we're talking about the practical side. You know that friend that you confess to? So next time um, you leave, you, uh, your parents leave the house, text them and say, I'm home alone. And you're not, you're not a guy texting a girl that either. No, no, like me texting Hoss. I'm home alone. Hustle. Hustle know what that means. Okay. Gotcha. Hey, I'm going to FaceTime you. I just got an urge all of a sudden. Let me FaceTime you real quick. Hey, what's up? It's kind of awkward. Um, but uh, just want to stay accountable real quick. Hey, man, that's cool. Hey, I was just reading the scripture and praying about you the other day. And uh, hey, you can do this. The power of God's working in you. Hey, thank you so much. See you uh, at the cookout that I'm not going to skip. <laughs> okay, here's the spiritual side of it, though, because this is... This is both of them are so important because you know why I've been delivered before spiritually and then I, my habits never changed. That's what's, that's what's tripping you up. You're going back and I'm like, well, I guess we're just back to the same old, same old, I guess. Camp's over. Well, let's get my phone back out. No. Here's the spiritual side. Let your pastors or a leader or someone that's anointed to do that lay hands on you and pray for you. Cast out that spirit of simp. Cast out that spirit of sus. Put your faith in the word of God. That means whatever he says in his word, you say, yes, sir, I believe that. That's what it means to put your faith in the word of God. Yes, sir, I agree and believe that. And here's how you keep your deliverance. Confess scriptures over yourself like this. 1 Peter 1.5. Confess this. Look here, I'll read it here. 1 Peter 1.5, and it says, through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So you can, you can simply say this. Here's, how, here's a way to keep your deliverance. I am kept. You can say this. I am kept and protected by the power of God through my faith in his word. There's another scripture that says this, and, and, and you could, this could be for guys or girls. I make a covenant with my eyes to not look on any maiden. I make a covenant with my eyes that what I see, I'm not, it's not going to be the wrong thing. 
There's another scripture that I, I confess all the time over myself for many reasons. This, this one covers a, a multitude of things, but Isaiah 54, 17, now the Amplified, says this. It says, no weapon that is formed against you will succeed. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you will condemn. This peace, righteousness, security, and triumph over opposition and the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And this is their vindication for me, says the Lord. But it says, no weapon that is formed against you, no image formed against you shall prosper. Now, you need to make provision to not jump into that stuff. But you can believe that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. No thought of lust, no thought, and no temptation. What you're devoted to, your desires will follow. You know, sometimes you can't help what you see. But it's completely up to you. And it's your responsibility with how you move forward. My last point, I'm going to quit. You need to walk devoted. You need to walk devoted. You know, a devoted person is a disciplined person. In order to be devoted, you have, uh, you have to tell some things no. Some of you might go home and get rid of this and get a flip phone. It's a good idea, actually. It's a great idea, actually. You got to start saying no to some things. When that friend group says hey, dude, uh, we're going to smoke some weed and get together. You want to get together? And, you know, we might have some other things. Say no. Duh. Say no. Don't go do that thing. But when you get delivered, something comes out. Now there's an empty space. What are you going to put back in? Is the enemy going to come, come back and find it that you, oh, you tied it up. Look, you straightened the furniture. You cleaned up your dirty underwear. Look at that. Let's move back in. No, or is he going to come and be like, man, man, this door's got all kinds of locks on it. Oh, they got security gates on the windows. They got the uh, protected by this alarm system. Man, I can't get back in there. When something comes out, you got to put something back in. And that's the word of God. And that is your only answer. There is nothing else that will help you like the word of God. Nothing. The word will keep you healed and keep you delivered. Some of you need to change up your schedule. Some of you need to change up your routine to stay devoted. If you're going to walk devoted, you've got to change up your life. This ain't working. Let's review my schedule. Mom, dad, youth pastor, pastor, can you help me look over my schedule and find some areas in here where I got too much time alone or too much downtime? Can you help me with this? I believe, I believe a good leader will do that for you. So you need to walk devoted. So first we're going to confess you're going to get yourself an, an Evan Stumbler, a big hoss and you're going to talk to him about the real stuff in your life and you're going to be honest you're going to tell the whole thing and then you're going to ask the Holy Spirit to show you the root and then you're going to speak to that root don't let it stay there don't let it stay the same and then you're going to get delivered and stay delivered none of this none of this stuff that that wears off no deliverance that lasts and then you're going to walk devoted are you with me so come on, will you stand up with me, uh, worship team, you can join. Actually, uh, my confession partner, Haas, will you get up here and help me? If anything that I said means anything to you tonight, and if you're like, you straight up read my mail and figured out my social and figure out my iPhone password, you found out everything. If any of that means anything to you, and you want us to pray tonight, we're gonna, both of us are going to pray for you tonight. 
and you want to be delivered and you want to stay delivered and you want healing to come, we're going to do it. It's a simple thing. It's not an easy thing. Amzie, uh, what will you think of me if I respond? Smart, wise, wisdom, devoted, on fire, wants to change, doesn't want to stay the same, disciplined. That's what I think. I don't think, I knew it. I knew it. I knew what you were doing. No, I, I don't even think that at all. I probably want to be able to talk most of the time because I'm crying because I'm so happy that you guys responded to something like this. So worship team is going to play, and I just invite you, if, if, if pornography has been an issue for you, if images have been an issue for you and you'd like to respond, get on up here. Don't waste time. Come on, respond. You guys can start. Come on, respond to that if that's you. OMZ, my youth leader sitting behind me. Respond. They're going to be so happy that you did. I don't want this issue to be something that we're afraid to talk about. This needs to be something that when we hear it, we don't cringe at it. We need to be comfortable with talking about this. So there's freedom for you here today. We're going to lay hands on you. And listen, if we say, come out in Jesus' name, we're not mad at you. We're not yelling at you. We're yelling at that thing that's been tripping you up. At that nasty thing that's been trying to mess with you. We're, we're commanding that thing to come out in the name of Jesus. And guess what? We are believing that you are free after that. Not like, ah, I hope they get it. No, I'm believing. And I've prayed that when we lay hands on you, that you're going to change and you're going to be different. And you don't have to stay the same. Quit, quit listening to the devil saying, Ah, uh, you didn't get that. And man, you're always going to be like this because he said the same thing to me. And look who's walking in freedom now. Thank you very much. So I want everyone to pray this prayer together with us. And then, Hoss, you can start on that end. We'll start on this end. I want everybody to pray. This is a short prayer. Say, Lord, I repent of all the times that I've tolerated sin and I didn't deal with it quickly. Forgive me. And cleanse me in Jesus' name. Come on, we're going to pray for you right now. Worship team, you can start. Thanks for listening to this message. To learn more about what's happening at The Quarry, check us out on social media.